0: And the full interview archive is also available at youtube.com slash Scott Horton Show. Hey, guys, on the line, I've got Phil Weiss, and he runs Mondoweiss.net, which is just a really great site covering everything Israel-Palestine, including American politics, Israeli politics, and of course, the occupation and persecution of the poor Palestinians and all of this stuff. And it's just great. And you should read it every day. Welcome back to the show. Phil, how you doing? Great.
1: How you doing, Scott?
0: Man, I'm great. And I really appreciate you joining me on the show here. And no problem. There's so much doings and crazy things going on in Israel-Palestine right now. And there's a lot going on in the world all over the place. It's hard for everybody to keep track. So I'm very happy to uh, have your support here, really, in helping sure. fill us in what the hell is going on. So I want to start with um, Thomas L. Friedman. In the New York Times, Bill Clinton says he's the most important public intellectual in America, which is is somehow meaningful. Um, uh, He wrote this piece, Netanyahu is shattering Israeli society. So first of all, I was wondering if you could please help us understand for those who don't know, who is Thomas L. Friedman? Why does it matter that he has this opinion? What lens is he looking through? And what's the meaning of this? Please, sir.
1: Well, I think Friedman is very important because of course he works for the New York Times, but uh and he's a very good writer in a kind of a mass audience kind of way, makes things really simple and doesn't make people feel stupid and uh he has supported the neoconservative right-wing agenda pretty much uh for the last, you know, 30 years in one form or another with a liberal gloss on it. And He's a leading Zionist. He was for, as he said, Israel had me at hello when he was a boy. And so he has promoted Israel for liberals and conservatives and for the Jewish community in the pages of The New York Times reliably for 30 years, for mm-hmm. 40
0: years. And he has such a reputation, I guess, because I think this is right, that he was an actual journalist for a while there. I've yeah. read articles by him, like reporting from yeah. Lebanon in 1985 yeah. or whatever, something yeah. right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he made a name for himself as a reporter for the New York Times as a MIDI's correspondent. Mm-hmm. And I guess to his credit, I haven't read that stuff in a while, but, you know, he was somewhat honest about some of Israel's war crimes at one point, which was was refreshing for the New York Times.
0: Mm-hmm. It's important, I think, the way you say that, you know, he's not just a liberal Zionist, but he really has been kind of a handmaiden for the neocons this whole time, where he, yes. he'll say like, oh, the, those neocons over there? Yeah, those guys are some neocons and stuff, but... He's with them hundred percent of the time, yes. sort of like Henry I mean, Kissinger.
1: Crucially, yeah, as you pointed out in 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 your book, uh, Fool's Errand, I think, or one of the uh, an earlier book, that this is a guy who, when um, uh, Palestinians were doing terror attacks in uh, Tel Aviv back in two thousand, he said that was an American issue and that we had to go smash something in the Arab world. And 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 he supported the Iraq War on that basis. So yep. there you have it. He he took an Israeli cause and said this was an American concern, and we should go to war over it in Baghdad.
0: Yep. And then I like it too because he will implicate himself and his buddies too. Because as he told Haaretz, that I have the block quote in enough already where. They're paraphrasing him, so it's like you can tell some of it is direct quotes out of his mouth, but some of it is sort of the way that they phrase it, but it's him saying, and it's just one simple paragraph, and it's him saying, all the guys who got us into the Iraq War are within nine miles from here right now. I think that was a quote, nine miles. And he's talking about the neocons. Yeah. you know, And he's saying, you know, this group yeah. of 25 guys did this, and it's like, yeah, yeah. and yeah, you-, you, put, you put those- <laughs>
1: If you put those 25 guys on a desert island at the start of this, there would not have been a war.
0: Right. That's, that's the point. Quote. Absolutely that's right. true. Yep. Yeah.
1: Totally and right. he said, and Tom Friedman said that George W. Bush learned what that why his father was a one termer was because he challenged Israel over settlements and he wasn't going to make that mistake. He had to out Israel, the Democratic Party. Great there point. Yes, so, sir. You're asking so, about
0: what he's doing now, though, Right. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I think that's an important background. Absolutely. So people understand if they don't already understand who this guy is, it's really important when he writes stuff. A lot of the times, this is the centrist, you know, center left liberal consensus, what we think about things, the world is flat and all of this stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, Let's do Iraq.
1: Tom Friedman has decided. And I think for good reason that right now is a giant crisis for Israel The future of Israel, and he is going to uh, make this more of a crisis by telling American Jews, especially, to split over Israel. He finally is joining my column of Israel critics. Somewhat, we can get into the differences, but he's saying, American Jews, you have been supporting Israel for the last forty years. Great, that was where your marching orders. Now we're changing them. We want you to start criticizing Israel because. It's about to go down the tubes with this new Netanyahu government, and they are going to alienate the Western world, alienate the United States, unless we get them to stop some of these radical changes they're making.
0: Hmm. And yeah, thus the headline, Netanyahu is shattering Israeli society, he says. And there's been some astounding headlines about uh, former Mossad chiefs denouncing Netanyahu, special operations officers, I think saying that they won't serve, they'll go AWOL and they won't serve a government in its new form. What is happening over there?
1: Well, I think the military elites, um, which have always, uh, are are very worried by what Netanyahu is doing. You know, Netanyahu is leading the most far right government ever. And because of his own fears of indict, well, he's been indicted, his fears of going to jail. He is trying to kneecap the independence of the Israeli judiciary, and he's got his fascistic right-wing coalition, a strong majority of 64 votes, who are going to help him do that. And um, the sort of uh, people who who are care about Israeli quote-unquote democracy and how it looks to the world say, if you do this, this is going to destroy our uh, standing in the United States, destroy our standing among American Jews, and endanger the future of uh, the Jewish state as a uh, democracy and a, uh outpost of the West in, in this uh, undemocratic Arab world.
0: Mm. Well, it sounds like part of so that that's has that's where nothing... Friedman
1: is. And and... That's where Friedman is. He's saying, don't do this. You're going to undermine the unshakable bond. And this is what... This is the goose that
0: laid the golden eggs, is American support, American Jewish support. Mm. How intertwined are the issues of the occupation of the palestinians and the sort of well i don't know what how to characterize it but the violence going on the israeli raids going on and everything in the west bank right now bombing gaza from time to time as well um and to the demonstrations yeah and the demonstrations and netanyahu's power grab and this and and by the way when you use the f word on the show you have to explain what you mean because as you know as everybody knows in american society Everyone to the right of Bernie Sanders is a fascist, supposedly, but in the real world, that word has meaning, and I know that you wouldn't use it so unadvisedly, but that's how it sounds to people. So I'd like to give you an opportunity to explain what you mean about just how right-wing is this coalition behind Netanyahu now, Phil.
1: Yeah, well, Netanyahu is dependent on a a very far right-wing party that has um, called for deporting Uh, Palestinians and Arabs from the West Bank that has called for erasing Palestinian villages. So even um, uh, 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 people well to the right of me have said this party has fascistic um, uh, 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 political culture about It's fascistic. And so anyway, Netanyahu depends on this party. And the demonstrations are about the huge demonstrations that are stopping traffic in Tel Aviv and that are often run by these military guys in a very organized fashion, are not about Palestinians. They're about changes to the the Israeli kind of constitutional setup that would uh, uh, sort of destroy the independence of the judiciary and undermine international investment, cause uh, high-tech businesses to leave. They don't care about Palestinian human rights. But inevitably, when you have this type of crisis, it does, Palestine is always involved because this government came in, the fascistic party that I'm talking about, they only became the third largest party out of nowhere because Israelis are terrified of Palestinians and they realize that the occupation um, is unsustainable, but they want to sustain it. They're they're subjugating another people, giving them no rights. and the the Palestinians don't accept that and or they resist it. And so the Israelis support uh, harsher and harsher measures against them. So the Palestinian issue is inextricably bound up with this. Mm-hmm. But the demonstrations in Israel are not about that. Tom Friedman will talk about Palestinians somewhat. Mm-hmm.
0: But, you know, his article begins with lethal attacks by Palestinian youths against Israelis Are coinciding with the expansion of settlers and the torching of Palestinian villages by settlers. And later in the thing, he says, Israel has never experienced a Palestinian intifada, a Jewish settler intifada, and an Israeli citizen judicial intifada all at once. But that's begun to unfold since Netanyahu's far So back to his panic, right? Like, what does he care? His job is spinning for Israel and telling American Jews and everybody else that this is fine. So, but for some reason now he's worried. What is going on that makes a difference to him, really? He thinks that, uh, that that six months from now, American Jews will look at Israel so much differently? In what way, really?
1: I think that there are profound changes happening in Israel. So you're you're looking at Tom Friedman. We've talked about Tom Friedman. We can also look at the J Street letter signed by 92 Democrats saying Biden stop Israel from doing this. Okay, so 92 Democrats, mostly liberals, not the Squad, um, but also not right wing Democrats, are saying. Um, hey, Israel, you are going off the rails. So there is a broad concern among this sort of liberal Zionist component of American establishment. And regarding the settlements specifically? No, it's about quote-unquote democracy, but it's also about the settlements. Uh So that these people, this fascistic right-wing party is destroying Palestinian rights even more, causing violence to happen in the West Bank, causing resistance to happen, You got us, you guys got to stop this so that this gets on the back burner again. We want it back on the back burner, and so we can continue to talk about two states. So, there is a genuine radical movement inside Israel that has of Jewish supremacy that has taken over the government. It's always been a Jewish supremacist government, but this removes the fig leaf, and suddenly you have these people who are openly fascist and openly saying that we need to deport Palestinians in ministerial positions. And it's embarrassing to American Zionists, and it really can hurt the cause. And
0: that's why they're going ape, blank. Mm. So, yeah, it ultimately comes down to the public relations of if they can keep the occupation and the subjugation of essentially half the population that's under Israeli rule out of the news, then they can keep up the pretension that there's this Jewish democracy there. But if they have to talk about the Palestinians all the time, then they have to admit that it's not really a democracy when half the people have no civil rights whatsoever, no civil liberty protections whatsoever, no representation whatsoever. Right.
1: But there, that's what I'm thankful for the disruption here, Scott, because... You and me, I mean, I hate to use this word with you, but you and me got woke on this issue some time ago. We understood that that it's no democracy if if Jews have rights and no one else has rights, okay? We're not like Einstein. This is sort of obvious. So, okay, we were ahead of the curve. We're very independent thinkers. But I think that the danger of this disruption that's happening right now is they're not going to be able to put the fig leaf back on. Now, I'm optimistic. I am convinced that anyone looking at this situation who has a a reasonable and fair sense of how human society should be ordered would be appalled by this, quote unquote, democracy. But I think that more and more people are going to come to our side because of this.
0: Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, there's really a question of whether Israel is a Western society at all. I mean, they try to continue with this pretension, of course, Benjamin Netanyahu speaks really good English and a lot of the ruling cast are European Jews and that kind of thing. And yet, you know, they're really from Eastern Europe, mostly, and they're not don't really have um, a democratic, you know, legacy unless you just ignore all the stuff you have to ignore to say that, yeah, this is really kind of a Western liberal democratic society sort of never really has been. We're it's just talking about whether the veneer farce. is on or off at this point, right?
1: Yeah. yeah, it's been a farce on that score, and and you know you're you're going a few hundred miles east of Istanbul anyway, okay? Yeah. So you're not in the West, and m- much of Israeli society, including the political structure and the settlements too, are from Middle Eastern uh, Jews who came to Israel mm-hmm. and Russian uh, Russians who came to Israel, some Jews, some not Jews. So. Um, you know, it's, it, and those Middle Eastern Jews are Arab Jews, you know, who are uh, many of them in the government and the settlements. So to talk about it as a Western country, it's not really a Western country. It's, it's, and Palestine is definitely not a Western country. And Palestine is much of what Israel is now. And so I think that, you know, those labels are helpful to Americans who are proclaiming this is the most important relationship we have, but they're BS.
0: Yeah, sorry. Hang on just one second. Hey, y'all, Scott Horton here for Tennessee Hot Sauce Company. Man, this stuff is so good. They get all different flavors. Garlic habanero, honey habanero, pineapple habanero, poblano jalapeno, and the blood orange ghost. They're all so good, I swear. And for a limited time, Tennessee Hot Sauce Company is featuring official Scott Horton Hotter Than the Sun thermonuclear hot sauce. It's full of Carolina Reapers, Scorpion Peppers, Dr. Pepper, hydrogen isotopes, and all kinds of things that'll burn your tongue clean off. Seriously, it's really good. Get yourself a hot sauce subscription. Spend $40 or more and use promo code Scott to get a free bottle of hotter than the sun hot sauce. That's TNHotsauceCo.com. Hey, y'all gotta check out these awesome busts of our hero, the great Ron Paul. They're made by the renowned sculptor Rick Casali. They're 13 inches tall, hand-painted bronze resin based on Casali's brilliant original. Y'all may have seen mine in the background on my bookshelf in some recent interviews. The thing is unbelievable. Check out this incredible piece of art at Rickcasali.comslash Ron ronpaul and you'll see what I mean. Use promo code Horton and you'll save 25 bucks. And this show will get a little kickback too. That's rickcasale.com slash ronpaul. Casali is C-A-S-A-L-I. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at EverNorth.com slash Wonder. Now, so I don't know, man. I like to do the analogies because I know they work and I know that yeah. as we've talked about for you know more than a decade now since I've known you, that I'm I used to be of the understanding that I don't really understand what's going on over there and I don't really wanna know because I know everybody's wrong. Because I don't right. believe God is anybody's real estate agent. And I figured just it's a bunch of cynical, you know, whatever, this and that. Yeah, I put off yeah, wanting yeah, yeah. to try to learn about it. I knew that I couldn't understand it without really looking into it. And I didn't yeah, want yeah. to. And so yeah, I also presume to, that... They wanted
1: you to stay away.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And 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 frankly, like, I think it's fair for me to presume that that's how most people are about it. And so yeah. instead what they get especially on the right, all they're going to hear is Ben Shapiro say, it would be like if Mexico was attacking America, what would we do? Not defend ourselves? And my thing is that that's a lie. It's more yes. like if the Apache were, um, or the Comanche, or whoever, or I don't know if there are any Comanche left, the, the Cherokee were, um, you know, firing rockets over the walls of their reservation. They've already yes. been conquered you know eons yeah. ago and are surrounded yeah. by gigantic concrete walls and yes. are you know it, essentially it's like the Attica prison uprising in New York is a closer yes. analogy i agree with you you know to a foreign invasion or anything like that and i also like the one about mississippi where first of all for the sake for analogy's sake think of it like the blacks were there first and all along before the whites came not that the whites had you know brought the blacks as slaves which is you know even worse but same difference Uh anyway for the sake of argument here then you you have a society where like the whites rule the south and the blacks are mostly in the north the mississippi or whatever i'm not exactly sure but pretty sure i've seen maps like that and then but the whites have all the power and the blacks have none of the power circa 1940 something right yeah and then so um then the thing is if the whites had said during the civil rights era of the 50s and 60s when the court decisions are coming down and the activists are demanding an end to segregation, if they had said, listen, we are not going to desegregate and we're not going to give blacks equal rights. We're just not going to. But we are going to one day let them have Northern Mississippi as a separate independent black state. (laughs) And then they'll have full rights then. But then someday never comes. And it's 30 years since Madrid and Oslo. And they were lying. All That's true. what's going on here. Now That's you true. understand.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: And, and it's so unfair say, to the Palestinians. It just absolutely. sucks for them. It's absolutely but, but, ridiculous what, you know, uh, and and horrifying what happens, you know?
1: Okay, but Scott, here is what I would challenge you about this. And that is that I know you're a genius politically, okay? But the things you just laid out, they are not rocket science. They are obvious to anybody who looks into this a little bit. And I think that more and more Americans are having that awareness. And crucially, going back to Tom Friedman, Tom Friedman leads has a very Jewish audience. And Jews, I think, are the most important American constituency on this. They are the ones who, as the Peace Americans for Peace Now says in the Tom Friedman column, and uh, other Jewish leaders say in that column, American Jews are the ones who said our job is to provide Israel with diplomatic support in the United States, and that the Israel lobby was composed chiefly of American Jews who cared about Israel. And so you have these people, my community, which has taken on this job for the last fifty years willingly and has spent a lot in political donations on this. Well, guess what? Right now, they are re-examining their role. That is good news. So people who were always sort of somewhat taking this seriously, but then the neocons said, we got this. Okay, yeah, everything's cool. Tom Friedman says everything's cool. It's a democracy. They are getting to hear what you just said about, hey, guess what? This is like Mississippi, but even, you know, a dystopian, you know, They are seeing this. And so I feel like there is going to be more and more awakening, more and more Jews understanding this is apartheid. And guess what? I'm not going to support it. I'm I'm hopeful that way.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I mean, and that's been pretty much your beat this whole time is the crack up on the liberal Zionist left in America, especially the Jewish liberal Zionist left.
1: And Um, and throw in the squad, throw in the squad. The squad is not on board on this. And the squad represents uh, the left in America, the progressive left in America. So you have the, you know, identity politics left, which is saying, hey, we don't like this thing. We're we are anti-Zionist. It's the one thing they're
0: good on. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's the one thing they're good on, the identity politics left. Okay, but they're anti-Zionist left. I'll take it. And now
1: and now they have an address in the House. We have an address in the House of Representatives for anti zionism I think
0: that's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're totally right. And look, this subject came up with your uh, colleague, Jonathan Offir, who I interviewed mm-hmm. on the show a couple of weeks ago. And he was talking about the, you know, insane, you know, vision, I guess, the the policies, the planned policies of Netanyahu's new cabinet and how bad they are. But the people are going to focus on this now. That's Tom Friedman is saying, look at this. You
1: Okay, there's this guy, Smotrich, who's the finance minister, who's called for erasing a Palestinian village, who's coming to Washington. The State Department allowed him to have a visa to come here, even though he's called for ethnic cleansing. And there's going to be demonstrations against him. Maybe they're going to be small. Maybe the squad is going to be out there. Great. Maybe the liberal Zionists will be there. But at least there'll be people saying, guess what? We don't want ethnic cleansing in our name. We don't want to support it with American dollars. And so that's going to happen on Sunday, Israel Bonds uh, Conference in Washington. And uh, so that's another moment of awakening. I, I guess I believe there's an awakening happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a difference is really being made there. Um, you know, people are... and. You know, this is why there's such panic over the boycott, divestment, sanctions movement, which I'm never for sanctions. You know, boycott and divestment, that's all purely uh-huh, voluntary uh-huh. behavior. But, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. but uh, the point, point of it is Iraq, no one believes yeah. that the nation state of Israel is about to be deprived of capital from, you know, international finance if they have a project that's not on the table. Right. The question no. is, why would anybody boycott Israel? It's just a public relations thing. I thought Israel right, are our friends. Important. Aren't they just like us? And they're our buddies over there and whatever. Right. What's the controversy about anyway that somebody would boycott them? And that's what the panic is, is that it yeah. raises the question of what the problem even is. When most Americans, and I guess you know probably most people in the world who know anything about what's going on in the world know, but Americans are just so propagandized about this, they might be surprised to find out. I remember Noam Chomsky saying that when the first intifada broke out in what, '87. How the American people were like, what the hell is going on here? It was like, again, Israel's being attacked by a foreign invader. Because as far as the press had ever told the American people, there are no Palestinians with any reason to be upset that they're being occupied and essentially enslaved and deprived of all their rights in the West Bank and in the Gaza Strip there. That's not a subject of discussion. So it was more like Mars attacks. Like, oh, no, our poor Israeli friends are being killed. But but Scott, aren't you encouraged
1: by how the, there's greater awareness now than there is in 1987 of the reality?
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. the thing. Is it? You know, it definitely is growing. And yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. I again, that's why the panic over the BDS movement, and that's why to support it, at least the B yeah. and the D. Absolutely. And and yeah, and I, look, this is why, as we talked about, you know, a couple of years ago, this is why Bet Salem and Human Rights Watch and Amnesty International all came out and said, all right, that's it. This is apartheid. I really urge people to read that. You know, I I posted those things on Twitter and I've had people go, oh, that's crazy. How dare you say that? And it's like, hey, man, you should read this thing. Yeah. You know, it's completely indisputable. I don't know what to tell you. It is one state between the river and the sea. That's a fact.
1: Yeah. And and Chomsky says, I don't use the word apartheid. The reason I haven't is it's worse than a South African apartheid. Anyone who goes there says this is worse, who, who has some knowledge of what South African apartheid. I mean, it's uh-huh. obviously South African apartheid was no picnic, but, you know. Yeah,
0: seriously. Yeah, this is gold standard of oppression right there, man. Right. That's the benchmark right. for, right. you know, having a racist caste society like this. It's completely crazy. That's right. Um, That's right.
1: And, yeah. and so I should just say you have liberal Zionists now saying, I did. I thought it was anti Semitic to talk about Jewish supremacist Jewish supremacists. Guess what? Jewish supremacy has taken over Israeli government and is affecting
0: the American Jewish community too.
1: Liberal Zionist rabbi saying that. God bless her.
0: Yeah. And it's just amazing. And you know what it is? Thomas Friedman's probably making it easier for them and vice versa too. Yes. That yeah, there's a new consensus. This crack up is coming. It's been a long time coming. But yes. it's pretty hard to reconcile if you have anything like, I don't know about communist ones and really real leftist ones, but if you have any liberal values, then it's pretty inconsistent that you would support the society. And frankly, the leftists have been better than the liberals this whole time based on whatever principles, you know, I guess right. really just equal rights for minorities and that kind of right. thing. Right. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, That's, there's, so, there's really any, look Even if you're a rabbi, as you're just saying, like, you could be a rabbi who's been a Zionist your whole life and still look at this and be like, hey, this isn't right, because it's not right.
1: It's not right. It's not right. And they've gotten away with this progressive except Palestine forever, you know, supporting minority rights in the United States, supporting civil freedoms and, you know, uh, and over there, uh, uh, pure apartheid. So that contradiction is coming to an end. I, I hope, I hope, I hope.
0: Hey, look, this is an important symbol or signal or at least it should, as uh, I was just uh, babbling and I'm now repeating, it should make it easier for people who before wouldn't say this. Like This is a little bit of a a pressure valve that like, hey, look, Thomas Friedman is saying that this is a real problem. Maybe people who were, you know, "Eh, I don't know if we're going to go that far. Maybe it's okay for you to talk about this now. That's yeah. great. It's all like social it. psychology, anyway, man. I know because I studied I I, it for a couple you of months in junior college.
1: <laughs> it's good. <laughs> so it's my it specialty. It helps.
0: I don't know how to use it to manipulate anyone to believe what I want, but I do see the way it works on people. You know.
1: I think you're doing a pretty good job.
0: Yeah, let's see. Um, listen, thank you, man. You do a great job, thank you. and and your okay, website is fantastic. It, and uh, oh, thank you for it. Cool.
1: Okay, have a great weekend, man.
0: You too. you guys, that's great. Phil Weiss, he's at Mondoweiss.net and so are a lot of other great writers too. Go check it out. The Scott Horton Show and Anti-War Radio can be heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, APSradio.com, Antiwar.com, ScottHorton.org, and LibertarianInstitute.org.